Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brimleave, and since July, I've been planning a road series to conduct interviews with everyone from executives to creators within the logistics industry. It's been a chance for me to move those digital first conversations that I've been doing over the last year and cultivate those lessons learned in the digital first environment to an in-person conversational environment. And the difference between the two has been dramatic. As sort of a peek behind my content creation workflow, I typically over-prepare, like by a lot. But what I quickly learned during this process is that interviews don't need to be as structured when you're sitting face-to-face with someone and simply having a conversation. All of this to say that conversations like what you're about to hear in this episode are as genuine as they come. No questions were off limits and no scripts were read. Just people within the freight world sharing their experiences that hopefully you can pull a little insight from and apply it to your business. In this episode, we have Big Ed Burns and his son, Ed Burns, is also joining the show to talk about bridging the gap between the family dynamics of running a business together, especially when you can combine the superpowers of the veteran leadership with new insight that the younger generation usually always brings. Hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Here at Ignite, hosted by PCS Software, um, the, and my name is Blythe Brumley with Cyberly, in case you folks are, are, are not aware, um, joined by Big Ed and Ed, not Little Ed. We're not going to call you that, and that's yep. the last time I'm going to call you that. Uh, but let's go ahead and start off with sort of the elephant in the room, and that's the fact that you two are both father and son, and you run a successful business with Burns Logistics. Tell me a little bit about how the, for, for folks who don't know, tell me about the business, how it got started, how it evolved into what it is today. Okay. Um, in 2008, I lost my job. So in 2008, you know, uh, the financial bubbles, the real estate bubbles, we had $5 fuel, trucking companies are going out of business. It was bad. So um, I, I lost my job. <clears throat> And, um, and the kids, obviously my kids were a lot younger and I talked to my wife and I've always throughout my career, my sales career has always been very relationship oriented and always, you know, helping my customers find trucking solutions. So I, I decided instead of getting another job, I'll start a business. So the business was born as Burns Logistics and, um, and, and the carriers, and so we're an agency. So we're not a 3PL. We're not a broker. We're a sales agency that the truckers pay us, the carriers pay us. So we're into long-term relationships. We're, we're not trying to move a load today. We want folks to find capacity, asset capacity for a long period of time, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, long, long relationships. So that's essentially, um, what, what our business is. And, and I started in 2008. Ed joined um, in October of last year. He was self-employed as a marketing guy and he was a, he was a vendor. And so then Eddie's, you know, was doing some soul searching goes, Hey dad, what about me joining the business? I'm like, I consulted Mrs. Burns because Mrs. Burns is vice president. <laughs> so oh, nice. it's a whole yeah. family business then it, it, it is, it, it is. And, um, and she thought it was a, a good idea. So, so I monopolize that. Go ahead. 
So how did you end up joining the the, the company? It, was it a, a sort of catalyst that you said that I, you know, I, I finally want to join? I'm sure, it was always maybe in the back of your head of that maybe it would be cool to work with your dad one day. But what was the catalyst that that said, okay, I want to make this move now? Yeah, it had been a pretty weird year, and uh, I had a marketing agency for a while, and I had made a deal to sell it, and I didn't know what I was going to do after that. Um, so I was trying to figure it out. Should I go work for somebody? What should I do? And I was talking to somebody and he said, why don't you, why don't you work with your dad? I was like, I don't know, man. I just don't work with my dad. And, uh, he said, well, you should. I was like, well, I'll ask him. So I, so I called, I said, big Ed, what do you think about us maybe working together? And, uh, he said, well, let's have a cigar and talk about it. So we sat down and we, we talked it out a little bit and, uh, I guess he thought it was a good idea, but we've always, I've always been included. He's always, since I was a little kid, mm. he's brought me on sales calls. I was always around the transportation industry. Uh, we would go to hockey games, play golf, what, whatever it was. And then as I got older, he started taking me to conferences. So I'd go do my thing. He did his thing and we'd meet up at the end of the night and go out and meet with people. So, um, was kind of a smooth transition. Oh, that's, so you already had sort of that working relationship. We, we, we did it. We did. And then when we go to a conference, people who I never met and people I did business with or wanted to do business with would come to me and say, Oh, I met your son. He's really great. And he's this and he's that. And, you know, it just people spoke very highly of him. So it, all, it evolved and naturally you know, it wasn't something that maybe I, I think with a lot of, and I think this is one of your, your talks that you're going to be focused on is, is how to manage that family dynamic because so many logistics companies and trucking companies in particular, they're, they're family run business. And, and sometimes that doesn't quite mix, but it sounds like that you two had that really great working relationship prior to this you know, evolving into an official capacity. Is that accurate? I, I think. You're hitting it. It just, we just took our natural relationship, how we get along and the dynamics of it. I mean, we don't see eye to eye on stuff all the, you know. That's because you're taller. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we do a pretty good job of listening and we compliment each other Mm. and, and how we compliment each other. And I see it already is just going to lead to further success, which we're very excited about. And so how does, I guess, the, that position evolve? So you, you walk me through what, what it looks like. You're, you're, it's the October of 2020. It's kind of a, a lot of uncertainty that's going on, but you two decide, you know, to sort of join forces. What does the company look like? How many, is it a lot of employees that you're coming into a situation with that, that you can, you have to evolve that relationship with? Because sometimes it can kind of be seen like, oh, the owner's son is coming in and he's, you know, he, it's just a, a position that's handed to him. Did you almost feel like you had to earn your stripes or, or you had to prove yourself a little bit more than the next regular hire? Uh, I think we're a little too small for that. Mm-hmm. You know, people wise, there's a lot of growth potential per person that's with, good. with what we do. Um, so it was really, I think it evolved well because it wouldn't have worked at all had I come into college. And I think it would have been a very different situation, but I think it worked because we were able to foster more of a relationship over the last eight years, 10 years, and get to know each other mm-hmm. better. And we just developed more friendship, golf buddies, hanging out, go grab beers. And then 
the work relationship kind of flowed out of that. I think it doesn't work in a lot of family businesses that I've seen because it's work first instead of relationship first. Mm-hmm. And how can you relate as a father and son if it's all business? It's Then it's employer, employee, or boss, worker. And that's a different dynamic. And I don't think we we don't have that mm-hmm. as much. Especially if it's a, a you know a, a smaller employee base, because then everybody feels like they're kind of wearing a few hats instead of you know this is your role and this is the only role you're going to do at some of maybe the, a, a larger brokerage, for example. Right. Um, that that's the world I I come from, and when I saw you know sort of family members getting hired, that was the assumption was mm-hmm. like oh they just need you know a job you know so and no, so is just no, coming out of college. And- no, no way. I mean, this 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 is a, a good move. Selfishly, this is a great move for my wife and I. So, um, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm sure there's, um, so, so how does sort of that relationship evolve? Like as you tell me about, I guess, did, did you have to sort of set any kind of prerequisites? Are you guys just really like super focused on this is we leave work at work and then, you know, it's father and son relationship whenever we walk out of those doors. Is it more like that or does it kind of just blend naturally with your lives? Yeah, it's definitely what really struck me is when I was first about to start, we go out golfing one day, maybe a week before or so and put his arm around me. And he goes, I'm going to. I'm going to listen to what you have to say and really take it seriously. And, and he has. And uh, I think that that's kind of been. The ethos, uh, I guess, of yeah. how your relationship has evolved. Because it sounds like it's, it's more of a partnership versus like a boss and an employee, which I think a lot of companies have had to adjust their, their working relationships over the last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a smart guy. And just, I mean, I have some tribal knowledge in the sense that, look, I've, He's very, very complimentary. He's like, oh, dad, that's really smart. And that's this. I'm like, I've just been doing this a long time. I don't know how smart it is. Just <laughs> when you do something a long time and you have success at it and it, it, it goes well. So, but Ed will almost interview me. Our meetings are almost like interviews and we have a discussion and we come, come up with ideas and solutions. I mean, talk about a big elephant in the room. I mean, capacity constraints are really challenging right now. It's challenging for us. And, you know, we just revisit, you know, you know, who, you know, who's our potential carrier clients, who you talked to in the past, who, where's their fit? Cause there's capacity out there. Just kind of have to, you have to be a little more laser focused about it and, and, and we need to make sure we're working with carriers that want to work with us. We're not for everybody, but we have a great niche. And, and Ed does a good job of like pulling this stuff out of me and, and, and coming up with better ways to attack the marketplace. And from, I think that that's where the, the marketing experience comes into play because it, it, is it fair to say that you guys have, have, you, you mentioned you're more niche focused now. What, what, what niche are you specifically focused on that, that you feel like you, you can grow in, in the future? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think there's, like Big Ed said, there's a lot of opportunity in the marketplace. So we represent a variety of different carriers who all do different things. So the niche, they're really niches. <laughs> so there's a bunch of different carriers who do a bunch of different things, but they all do what they do, right? So we have some specialty flatbed capacity sometimes, right? They're a really good carrier to work with because they're open to opportunities. And so... 
it's easy to send them stuff. And, and so focusing on, on those relationships, then, then you're almost like prioritizing more relationships just like those, like how you almost have like those, those good, yes. better and best customer profiles. Almost. Exactly. The carriers that are very forthcoming and say, we have trucks and I'm not talking about a truck, like we have trucks in this market and we want to put them and they are very, and this would make our business better. Hmm. What makes your business better? Hey, Mr. Carrier, Mrs. Carrier, what makes your business better? That's we don't want to give them more of what they don't need. Right. What do you need to make your business better? And, make and those are the niches that those are the niches that we uh, try and identify the niches for these carriers. And then, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. It's we relationships too. The, right. Yeah. We don't need to have an argument or fight with the carrier to take a look, you know, take a lane that they don't want. It's, it's okay if it's not a fit. So I think where we're seeing success is that there are carriers who want to grow right now. And or for however they're doing it one way or another, they're picking up drivers and they're growing their fleets. And it's, it's just easy to, to bring them opportunities and find freight for them. So that's, we're just focusing more on that. With your marketing background and being sort of that, that fresh pair of eyes in, into the business, what were some of those early opportunities that, that you said, we, we got to go after these, especially from a, a marketing perspective, because marketing is so weak in this industry, <laughs> there's so much improvements that, that are so many improvements that, that could be made. Where, where did you recognize those, those early success points? This could be a secret sauce moment. So just <laughs> yeah. be careful. Does, that... Yeah. I would say we're still working on it a little bit. Um, but some, I think just simple things like using LinkedIn more effectively and how do you use sales navigator to really get a picture of what these carriers are looking mm -hmm. like and trying to share some of that with the carriers. Like it's, it's okay to, Put a profile picture up so that people can see what you right. look like because uh, we're going to make an introduction here and they need to see what your face looks like you know there's there's little things like that um i think just simply using websites for search engine optimization right, right? basic things that a lot of companies and a lot of uh, it just logistics and transportation companies that they just don't use because they just don't know so i think right. you know you coming in maybe it was that extra pair of eyes that said oh these are these are quick win, you know, low hanging fruit opportunities that we can take advantage of now. Yep. Um, you mentioned, you know, SEO and, and just, you know, relationship building. What other, uh, what other marketing priorities do, do you, you're, you're actually giving a talk on, on LinkedIn as well too. Yeah. I love LinkedIn. I think it's the coolest platform. <laughs> Which <laughs> wouldn't have media. been said, you know, two, three years ago, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's made such a transformation over the, I, I think since COVID really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's great. I, I think people need to take their personal branding a little more seriously, which I, it seems like you very much understand that. Like everybody has a brand, so mm -hmm. own it and rock it. Right. Yeah, so I think that's like a little marketing thing. Like I think um, in talking to carriers, I think sometimes they're afraid of their employees' brands. Mm. Um, there's like a fear there. What if they leave? What if they just the stronger that your employees' personal brands are the stronger your company brand's going to be. So, exactly, use it to your advantage. Absolutely. And so, what are some of those? Those have you have you big Ed started getting more involved with LinkedIn now be, because of the growth of the platform, especially in this industry? I have where it gives me a beating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so walk me through uh, some of the the ways that you guys approach LinkedIn. Um, are, are you yeah. posting every day? Are you post what what kind of stuff? do you really like to post that your audience seems to, to resonate with? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing 
about LinkedIn, unfortunately, is that when we post business stuff, it doesn't really go anywhere, mm. you know, and, and people, you, know, you hear complaints, well, we, I don't want to see personal stuff. I want to see business stuff. Unfortunately, the, the stuff that's done very well for us or performed well or gotten us attention or phone calls are us hanging out together. Mm. There was a picture. He had me out like cutting weeds from the <laughs> back of the train station which, where our office is. And uh, he posted that picture on LinkedIn. It's just like people loved it. Yeah, we got all kinds of views, all kinds of comments. <laughs> when we're talking about the driver shortage on there, no, you know, nobody seems to care. Yeah, but, right. yeah. Uh, we don't post every day. Um, I don't think we could handle it because because this stuff works, right? Right. So, um, so we try to post at least once a week. At least, yeah, once a week or so. And you're really focused on on more of from the personal pages versus the the company page, which has way more organic reach um yeah i mean we we traveled actually we were in uh, missouri a couple weeks ago and uh, his brother my other boy's getting he's getting married so we went out for a, a bachelor party which we can't talk about we can't talk about it. Know, you yeah. gotta get up a little closer to the mic to talk about that no, <laughs> it was fine it's g people it was g <laughs> but while we were out there there's a carrier you know that, I, that we have a relationship with, that I have an agreement with, and we have yet to do any business. And, uh, you know, classic, hey, we're full, we're busy, we're this, we're that. But we went and talked to him. Uh, it was a nine-minute meeting. A 90-minute meeting with a carrier that's full. Hmm. Which, And I was like, this is great. And they were like, we could really use a little more of this. And we have this many trucks here. And we want to really go here. And that gives us something to look for. That gives us something to talk about with, with shippers. There are three PLs or people managing a mm. book of business. Now, it, it has to be very niche. It has to be very focused. But that's what we'll look at. But here is, you know, here is a situation where a carrier could support a significant amount of business on a daily basis. But we just have to try and strike, you know, get lightning in a bottle here. I mean, you got to. You just got to identify it and find how it fits. And then it could be a great relationship, a long-term relationship. Blythe, once, once we get a carrier, like with a shipper or shippers and, they, and this thing plugs in, it, it, it goes. And the volatility, which I'm going to speak about a little bit tomorrow, about uh, the market swinging, tends to get, no, I'm not going to say negated, but it calms down. Because if, if, if there's a shipper and a carrier and they're working together, and it's where the carrier wants to go. They're handling the freight. They're getting paid on time and all these basic things. There is no, you know, the carrier doesn't want to start changing their network. That's a pain in the neck. Right. They get drivers going to these, you know, it's all a driver focused. They want less problems. They want less problems. problems. And, and, and it's like a big cruise ship, a big ocean liner. Once you set that course, don't make them change because that's really painful. And I think that that speaks more to, to you. You mentioned your talk that you're giving tomorrow. I, I believe it's called Don't Be a Swinger. Don't Be a Swinger. Don't Be a Swinger, which I guess is, you know, advice for in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like going to, you mentioned earlier before we started recording that, that you come from the, uh, the Marriott background yes. and the service industry and mm -hmm. how that's really helped you evolve into the position that you have now. What are some of those key aspects of relationship building that you learned at, during your time at Marriott that you now apply to relationships with your carriers and shippers? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think about Marriott as a young person, because again, like we discussed, one, Marriott's are, are very expensive. 
I mean, they were expensive 30 years ago. But what I found interesting is you would have a lot of repeat business. You would have the same companies that would come back to spend all kinds of money for a banquet, whether it's a business banquet, and then those same people are coming back to marry their, their kids. They have their wedding receptions there. And you start seeing the same people over and over and over again. And then, quite frankly, when, when I was at the Marriott, tips weren't part of the program because it was built in a service charge. But then people would spend a lot of money, and then they still give you $100. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And all you had to do, I mean, all you do was challenging, anticipate somebody's needs. If somebody had a question, be very responsive in a very timely manner. Service. It's a service business. You serve your folks. You serve your clients and your customers, and they just keep coming back. They don't go, oh, gee, you're too expensive. You give them value, something that they can count on, and then you exceed those expectations. And I've tried to do that as a salesperson. And, you know, I try um, with the carriers that I work with, try and make sure that these fits, you know, because again, it's got to be a fit. You know, if, I, if a carrier tells me they can handle support, uh, given piece of business and we make that pitch and we get you the rate for that capacity by goodness you better deliver on that so but that's a two that's a two-way it's a two-way deal so i mean that shipper needs to commit you know make sure they're giving the carrier the loads they committed to and that carrier's got to make sure they get the capacity and if they agree on the rate they agree on the service they're going to keep on coming back and so it just works in so many, I, that, that's why I love the service industry examples, because it just works so in so many different uh, industries where it's all just people. Just it, people it, it really does. And it's just so basic when, when, when you go out, to, it could be anything. It really could be anything, whether it's Marriott or, or, or a diner, you know the difference. You know the difference for somebody who gets you your coffee and you're not waiting two minutes there before you even sit down. I mean, there's, that's like, that's kind of a big deal. And Marriott always did that. Matter of fact, I just went to, I, I was in upstate New York this week. A, uh, a friend of my wife's passed away. And uh, the sister, she and I worked at Marriott Days, Marriott together. And she goes, oh, remember we went to the beverage seminar? Now, the beverage seminar was a, a seminar on, on, on booze, on <laughs> wines, cordials. But Marriott's, the, the thing is, if you sat down at a Marriott restaurant, you were supposed to be served a drink, whether it doesn't matter, within two minutes. And, wow. and drinks were never to be empty. No empty glasses. I mean, that's service. That level so of service. That, so that's what people are, are coming back. And that's what you're hoping maybe to, to create within your own business, those repeat customers that it, it, it's niche focused, but it's also built on, and built off the back of relationships. Yes. And it sounds like that that's a, a main core of your business, not just, you know, with your family, but building these relationships out on the golf course from the service industry to now what you're doing today with, with your shippers and, and carriers. It, it sounds like you guys, you know, have learned a thing or two about relationships. Where do you think that people get get it wrong with building relationships? Edward? <laughs> uh, well, what's interesting about the way Bed does it is, especially as shipper contacts, they will he'll land into a, a big shipper, right? And that decision maker might stay there for two or three years and we'll get a couple carriers in there. And then that person will leave and go somewhere else. And then we're able to go get 
a couple carriers in there too. And then they leave and go somewhere else. And so there's like a definitive loyalty there mm -hmm. that, and then it grew up because then the person who replaces them becomes a friend too. It's like a snowball effect, yeah. which are my favorite kinds, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. in, in the marketing and sales and relationship world, which is really what, what it's all built on. Yeah. So, okay. So last question, what are two to three things that you're thinking about today that you weren't thinking about 12 months ago? Because obviously COVID has changed a lot of the way that we do business and the way that we conduct communications. Has anything changed, you know, from that time point to what you're, you're working today? Um, verticals, uh, uh, you know, attacking might not be a good word, but um, pursuing better paying verticals. So... Um, that is how I would answer that. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And what about for you? Um, I think that people right now are really hungry for human connection in a way that I don't know if we've ever seen. I know I haven't. I don't know if we have as people in a very, very long time. Um, so I think the better that we're able to foster and facilitate that and really make connections with people, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more because I, I come from the state of Florida. So, you know, yeah. we, we're a little bit of a wild bunch and we've been open for, oh gosh, for the better part of the last year, but still, you know, as and it a, seems to be working. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. it is, I mean, we're, we're you know, it, you, you take things for granted when you travel out. I mean, we're in Texas right now, so it's not that much different over in yeah. Texas, um, but you do take things for granted whenever you, you when, I think when everything shut down and then as you know, things started opening back up, um, in the state of Florida, it was, uh, it was a breath of fresh air. You know, mm -hmm. there's never been a time in the state of Florida where our beaches have been closed, you know, outside of a hurricane incoming, which right. technically you can still go on the beach, but it's one of those things where it's now all of these things are opening back up and people are starting to get back out in the wild and, you know, judging the, the comfort levels of, of certain people. Um, but I think with, you know, conferences like this, like making that first big step. Yes. Um, being one of the first big ones, I think is important. And I, I think it's important for, for folks to show up to them and, and, and to talk about the, the value of the in-person interaction, which I'm sure you, you guys can speak to. Well, absolutely. So we, so we're like, we were asked to come and participate. We were like, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my first reaction to it was like, yeah. okay, what do I do? You yes. want me to yeah. do all the things? I'll do yeah. all the things. Yeah. yeah. And we'll you guys there, are giving and we'll three. Be there early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are giving three talks during this week, so it's yeah. a, I, I, I'm, I'm, I share the same sentiment that that it's good to be back. It's 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 good to to be back amongst you know the networking and, and industry folks. So. Oh so my gosh! Yeah. yeah, we have to be. Right. We have to be. Yeah. There's an inherent human need for for human connection, and I think people are just dying for it right now. Absolutely. It, it, I did co-sign all of those things. All right. Well, well, where can folks follow more of your work? Where, where can they hear, you know, maybe some, some replays of past talks or even this talk in the future? Um, probably your social media accounts, LinkedIn is probably the best solution. I think LinkedIn's great. Yep. 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 Where can they, what, what's your, what's your handle on LinkedIn? Mine is relationship dash guy. Nice. Is it really? Yeah. And yours is big Ed Burns. Great. That's it. <laughs> He's the marketing guy. <laughs> well, appreciate you guys joining the show today. Um, we look forward to, to watching more of, of your LinkedIn growth and then also meeting in person at, at conferences like this. So, so thank you guys so much for sharing. Thanks for having us. Thank you.
hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website, digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, then I think you'll love another show that I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, tech, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on FreightWaves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you. You can find them in the show notes or again over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing and since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust and rely on folks like yourself that will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumley, and I will see you real soon.